Hey, welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and to trust Him more. To keep up with us or to get more information, visit celebrationchurchlive.com. Today we are kicking off um, a new series. We're going to spend the next seven weeks um, looking at what it means to to live to live cage free, and that's how we were originally designed to function in the garden. There there weren't any there weren't any cages. There weren't all of this oppressive stuff. We were designed to live in a in a free place even in the area of economics and having to work a living by the sweat of our brow that did not exist in the original design uh, of God but sin and just the, the world of sin that we live in but then the truth is is the world of sin that can live in us um, it creates these points of tension and it creates these these barriers and even these cages that that hold us back. And praise God that the very first place um, that freedom comes is eternal freedom. We say yes to Jesus. We recognize what he has done, that, that his death on the cross is the only thing that paid the price for you and I to have forgiveness, to be able to step over from death to life, and that eternity for us is secured by him, that he has taken care of it. And that's the most important thing. That's the eternal, the eternal peace. And we're so thankful that happens first and foremost, and it's done for us. But that's not the end of it. That is not the end. Jesus paid for us to live in much more freedom than that. He wants us and taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. Well, guess what? He wants that freedom to come into this space. And you will see that that kind of freedom comes into your mind and your life just like that initial eternal freedom came is that we hear the truth, we embrace it, place our faith in it and move towards that direction. Every step of freedom that Jesus is going to lead you into, that the Holy Spirit is going to empower you to step into, it's going to come in that sequence. The Holy Spirit is going to reveal, here's freedom where you need to have freedom in this space. I have provided it. Here is how you begin to step into it. Believe in what I have accomplished. The fullness of the completed work of Jesus. And we're going to begin to look at that. In this series, we're, we're going we're gonna to dig up some stuff. Um, we're going to dig up some, some heavy stuff in this. In fact, um, there's one Sunday. It's uh, October 22nd. Um, we haven't done it in a long time, but it's a, it's a PG-13 Sunday. And so uh, not because there's going to be like foul language or something, um, but because of just the weight of the content that we're dealing with. And there's we're just honestly giving you a heads up. I don't want to blindside anybody, but we're, we're going to be dealing with the cage of trauma. And uh, the scriptures are very clear and, and look at some very graphic places of, of trauma and the, the shame and the cages that come from that. And so, um, you know, we're not going to be checking IDs and turning under 13 year olds away. You're, you're the parents. You can decide if you want your, your, your younger one to be in this space with you. And so that, that's your call. I just don't want anybody caught off guard and said, oh my goodness, I did the questions I'm going to get on the way home. I was not prepared for that. And 
And um, so I'm just giving you a heads up. That's, that's uh, October um, 22nd will be our, our PG-13 uh, service. And so, uh, but as we get into this, if you got your bulletin, you got your Bible app, however it is, um, you're going to track along that we're, we're leading all the way through with this idea that uh, Jesus set us free so that we can live free. That's the whole point. That was why he did it. He set us free so that we can actually live in freedom, not so that we can be still in the same mess and just feel a little better about it, but so that we can actually be free. And all the parents in the room, they get this concept. They get this concept that you do something with a, with a purpose, right? So you, you take the family out to eat, you, you order your kids some food, Food, okay, and you didn't order that food so that they could take their fork and push it around on the plate. That they can move around, they could rearrange it and play with it and stack it and do all that. No, you bought the food for them to eat it. You know, kid, eat the food. That is the whole point. Man, as a dad, there's nothing more frustrating than the kid eating two bites. They're like, next time you are splitting something with your sister because I'm not doing this again. You're not even eating it. There's that space, you know, you, you buy clothes for your children for them to wear them. But if your kids are like my kids, they all have their favorite pants, their favorite shirts, their favorite stuff. They wear those over and over and over again. And then you do the little closet clean out at the end of the year and you take these clothes off the hanger and they still have the tags on them. You're like, why did you never wear this shirt? I bought the shirt for you to wear the shirt. That's the whole purpose. Well, but I like some other shirts better. Well, you could have wore this shirt at least one time. <laughs> at least once. That's the whole point. We, we, we do those things with the intent to be able to enjoy them, to be able to experience them. And Jesus went to the cross and paid for the fullness of our freedom so that we could actually actually live free so he could be free in fact we see at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry the very first thing he he starts out he's well he's already been tempted in the garden he's already responded and pushed back what the enemy has tried to offer and and he's had was had fasted 40 days and he comes out of that fasting and temptation space and and then he comes home and we catch him here in Luke chapter 4 verse 16 it says and he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up he's he's there in, in his hometown um, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom Jesus's custom was to go to the house of God and to connect with the people of God. That was Jesus's custom. That was, that was his habit. That was what he did. Now, this is Jesus going to the house of the Lord as a custom, okay? I don't care how good the rabbi is. The rabbi is not opening the scriptures and all of a sudden showing Jesus something he's never seen before. Jesus isn't going there because he just needs the latest, greatest teaching. 
Jesus is the word made flesh. Jesus isn't going there to consume some sort of religious experience. Jesus is going to the house of the Lord, not because he is so immature, he's the most mature. So we can't be too mature in Christ to go to church. If you're too, yeah. I'm just not even going to get punch that button. Preach to this, Brandon. Stay on this. But Jesus went to the house of the Lord, as was his custom. If you are new to church life, if it's something that's just kind of been rekindled in you fresh, doing what you're doing right now is a very Jesus thing to do. This was part of his custom. If you've been doing this your whole life, thumbs up to you. It is a very Jesus thing to do. It was his custom to connect with the house of God, with the people of God. And it says, and he stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. He has the whole scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he unrolls it. He gets down to the space where it's written. It says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. The spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is on Jesus. There is this beautiful partnership. He's already been baptized in the, with the, been baptized by John the Baptist. The spirit, Holy Spirit has come upon him and descended upon him. And there is this beautiful partnership between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is on him because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. So here we see freedom show up two times in what Jesus in partnership with the Holy Spirit is going to do. We see that he's going to proclaim freedom and then he's going to set free. That is the way it goes over and over and over again. That is why you and I need to have ears to hear. Jesus says over and over, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Why? Because the freedom that he wants to take you into, he's going to proclaim to you first. He's first going to proclaim it. Hey, I want to set you free in this space. And then if we will receive that, if we'll say yes to that and recognize, yep, I'm actually kind of trapped there. I'm actually kind of caged in that space. I'm actually not doing and living out the fullness of what you have for me. I get it. You're telling me and proclaiming freedom. Now I'm ready to be set free. It says I'm going to proclaim freedom and I'm going to set the captive free. That's Jesus' core assignment. He hasn't stepped into any of his teaching. We don't, have the, we don't have his sermon on the mount yet. It's all of that comes from his core call to proclaim freedom and to set free. And then verse 19, it says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus came and his primary message was this. Your heavenly father loves you. He's for you. He's not mad at you. He is not trying to, to, to control you. He has favor towards you. 
Here's the thing is if you're not convinced God has favor towards you, you will think the cage you're in is a cage from God. And that it's just part of your consequences and just live in this and that. Because there, there are consequences. There are consequences to our actions. But what he wants to do is begin to set us free and begin to transform our lives and take us from glory to glory and keep moving us forward. That is what he wants to do and to accomplish in our lives. But if we don't think that that's what he wants to do, if we don't think he's for us, we won't step that direction. Galatians chapter five, verse one says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of slavery. The freedom can come. It's for freedom that he set us free. But stand in it. Grab a hold of it. Make it your own. Or else you'll find yourself sliding back into a place of captivity that doesn't belong to you. That's not yours. That he wants you to be free in that space. You'll be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And of course, the last series, we spent a lot of time looking at this passage of scripture, 2 Corinthians 3.17. It says, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where we let his spirit, that same spirit that was on Jesus, to proclaim freedom and to set free. When we let the spirit begin to lead, the whole calling shotgun series was about us choosing that. Now we begin to choose that and now we begin to see what the ramifications are. Beginning to live completely and totally free. Because we don't recognize that how he wants to do it, that he's for us, we will miss out on the process. Because the truth is, is that freedom begins on the inside. That's where freedom starts. We want freedom to start on the outside. We want it all to take place on the outside and then we'll go, okay, God, I see what you've done. I see what you've accomplished and now I will go ahead and, and, and believe that it's actually done. No, he begins, freedom begins on the inside and then that begins to change things on the outside. But if we don't understand how it works, we will miss out. We will just simply miss out. If we think it works another way, but it's always gonna start on the inside. Before celebration, um, church got started, before Cutie and I started the church, um, we spent 2008 um, traveling. And um, we only had five kids at the time. We now have seven. And so, but we just had five. So it was the five kids, the two of us, a couple of dogs, all in a motorhome. So we bought this motorhome to be in, to travel around the U.S. I, I wasn't preaching, I wasn't ministering. We're just attending churches and uh, interviewing leaders and letting God grow in us the vision for what God was going to have us to do. We didn't know it was Celebration Church, but here we are. And so this is what this is what God was prepping us and to step into. Thank you. And so it's exciting. In fact, January will be 15 years. We'll celebrate 15 years. Very exciting. It's just gone by, babe. How has it gone by that fast? <laughs> I am old. That's <laughs> true. You're not though. You're still nice and young. And uh but in that, we, were, we bought this motorhome, and um, I had initially wanted to get like this bumper pull trailer because I'm cheap. And so, and thankfully, uh, 
wiser voices won. And so we bought this, this big motor home and pulled our Suburban behind it. And um, so we all got in it. And, and I was, I'm not a, was not an RVer. I didn't know anything about any of that stuff. So um, the, the place where we bought the RV, they gave us the full work through of all of its systems and all that stuff. And so, and it has this self-leveling system where you just, you literally just push a button and you just be still and just, it just levels it out. And so it's like, well, that's slick. That's cool. Um, and so we got it, took it on its test run, went to San Antonio, which was the place was fairly flat there, you know, pushed the button. It all worked. And so seemed solid. So we're like, okay, we're good. Well, one of the very first places we went, we had some inroads um, with a pastor in uh, the uh, mountains of New Mexico. So we go into uh, New Mexico and we're there at a campsite. Um, they're on a, a side of a, of a mountain. And the campsite was as level as they could get it, but it was, it was still not, it was still not level. So we pull in and it's at a significant incline. So I'd, you know, push the button and just wait. And the little feet come down and that's about all they do. It doesn't do its thing. It doesn't level it out. And I try multiple things and I'm like, eh, they gave me this defective thing. Of course, as soon as you take it off the lot, then it doesn't work. And you just gripe in. And so, so I tried multiple things and we're just there. It was the weekend. The dealership was not open. And, and then it was a holiday right after that. And so it was just for days, we just basically lived in a fun house. And so, I mean, it was just, you just would walk up the, the ramp from the bedroom up into the kitchen area. You would walk down. You couldn't set a bottle of anything on any flat surface because it would just scoot off. We had to figure out how to like, you know, put a little bit of a towel under a book or something and make a flat surface so that your pan wouldn't shoot away or a bottle of water. And, and we just began to make accommodations. We just began to try to figure out how to live in our brokenness we just started making the best of it like this is just this is just what it is and we just kind of figure it out we just make these accommodations and make these adjustments and and this is his life I guess and so as we were dealing with that I finally I get a hold of of the guy who had sold it to me and he'd done a good walk around he'd done a good walk through I tried to look on YouTube but it was 2008 it was not the YouTube of today and uh and so I just I didn't have any idea of really how to fix this problem so the dude's on the phone with me walking me through thing okay hey did you do this did you do this did you do this yeah okay try this try this try this we've been on the phone for about 15 minutes he tried trying all of these different things. And then he's like, okay, okay. Brandon, is the engine running? <laughs> I said, no, it's parked. The engine's not running. He's like, Brandon, go, go, start the, go start the engine. Go fire that diesel up. And I'm like, all right. So I fire the diesel up. That big old Caterpillar diesel boom, comes to life. I go over there, push the button. It's level. It's amazing. It's like, oh my gosh. 
she's like, I was like, what on earth? I was like, it has this massive tons of batteries to run all of these different things. I thought it ran off that. He said, no, Brandon, all of the hydraulic system run off that diesel engine. That's what runs the pumps and does all that stuff that makes it happen. I was like, man, I thought when I got it parked, that first thing I need to do was turn the engine off. He's like, no, you have to do everything else. Then you turn the engine off. And I was like, oh my goodness. And here was my problem is that there was a power source already there that I was not activating. The power source for the change was already there. And I had arrived at my destination, thought I knew how to do what needed to be done, what made sense to me, but there was a way that was higher than my way. There were some thoughts that were higher than my thoughts and there was a power source I was not allowing to function that was already present. All of the freedom that God is going to bring into our lives is going to happen through the inspiration, the direction, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And as soon as you say yes to Jesus, you, you are a dwelling for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit abides within you and wants to lead and guide and empower you at every turn. But if we do not recognize that we need the help of the Holy Spirit, we will be trying on our own and we'll say, man, this Christianity stuff, it just doesn't work. I've tried this and I've tried that and I've done all this and I'm still just making accommodations in my life. Nothing seems to work. My house is not level. Things are not right. And it doesn't seem to work. And it's because we have neglected to fully invite the power that's already there. Holy Spirit that's already there with us. We're going to look at Paul and Silas as they've been put in a jail, as they've been placed in a prison. Now, right before this, they had been ministering and they ministered to this young lady who had an evil spirit. And that evil spirit allowed her to, to tell fortunes. And she was a slave. So she was owned. So she herself was a slave inside of a slave. She was a slave to people and a slave to a spirit. And Paul and Silas speak and they cast that evil spirit out and she is set free and now she doesn't function in her demonic fortune telling and the slave owners, they don't have a source of income anymore. They're mad. They brought freedom to this lady who was doubly slaved, doubly caged. They brought freedom to her. And all of a sudden now the response is the fact that they're mad and they, they turn Paul and Silas over to the magistrate. And we'll catch up in verse 22. It says that the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he, he takes them very seriously, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So here are Paul and Silas ministering. 
They're not doing something evil. They're not doing something messed up. They're, they're, they're not, didn't get caught up in a scandal. They're doing what they're called to do. They're doing the exact same thing that Jesus did. He was proclaiming freedom and setting free. They were operating in that by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now they find themselves, they find themselves caged. So first they're grabbed and beaten and then they're handed over to the jailer. So there's a, there's a door they walk through. They're now in cage number one, the jail. But that jailer was commanded to keep them secure. So now they go into cage number two, the cage within a cage. And now they're inside the inner cell and that door shuts. But then there's a third cage of the stocks that now they're put in an uncomfortable position not even allowed to move around that inner cage. And now they're in a third cage. They are three cages deep into this simply for setting somebody free. Setting somebody free. And in this space, I say all of us would give Paul and Silas a pass for kind of griping at God. For kind of saying, hey, seriously? I've walked away from everything. This is what I've done. I've walked in integrity. I've ministered. That young lady is set free. This is the reward I get for following you? As I'm in a cage and a cage and a cage? That, that, that's it? But here was the truth. Paul and Silas were so free on the inside that it didn't matter how many cages the enemy tried to add on the outside. They couldn't be caged. Their freedom, their real freedom could not be held up because what we see in verse 25 is that at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. And if that was the way it stopped, if that was where it stopped, we didn't have any more information about their activity, we would interpret that their prayers would be our prayers in that moment. Lord, what's up with this? Get me out of here now. We would say, they're praying. Well, of course they're praying. They're stuck in jail. They're, they're, they're praying for release. They're, they're, they're griping. They're upset. They're frustrated. They're, they're talking to God. But praise God, the Holy Spirit through the pen of Luke made sure we got this written down. That not only were they praying, but they were singing hymns to God. They, in the middle Not because they were free on the outside were they singing, but they were singing because they were free on the inside. They knew who they belonged to and they were singing. And that freedom, that freedom was so big. That freedom was so big. It could not be contained because it begins to come out of them in song. It begins to come out of them in a place of worship. And the other prisoners were listening to them. People notice when you respond differently. When all of a sudden you respond from a place of gratitude where it looks like you shouldn't be grateful. When you begin to respond from a place of praise, when somebody would be a casual observer and say, there's no reason to praise. Who are you praising? You're in jail and jail and jail. Who are you lifting your voice up to? But they knew. They knew. And they're doing this 
not at a convenient hour, but at midnight. At midnight, pre-electricity was dark. But when you're in the inner cell, inside a jail, it is dark, dark. In their darkest moment, verse 26 happens, and suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Not just theirs, but everybody around them. Did you know on the other side of your freedom is somebody else's freedom? On the other side of your praise in the middle is somebody else getting free? You modeling what it looks like to not be caged because you're so free on the inside that the way things are going at home, the way things are going at work, the way things are going in this society around us. You know, there are so many Christians that they, they can't hardly worship. They're looking at how the world is falling apart. Guess what? It doesn't have Jesus. They haven't said yes to Jesus. Of course it's going to fall apart. Of course they're going to do stupid stuff. Of course course they're going to go contrary to God. They're not following God. Why are we surprised about that? It shouldn't be surprising and we shouldn't get our focus on it. We need to get our focus on the one who set us free. Allow the one who empowered us and lives within the inside of us to get that freedom so alive on the inside of us that nothing else can bring bondage at all. In verse 27, it says the jailer the same one that made sure. It's not just enough that you're on side of door number one. I'm gonna make sure you're on the other side of door number two and that your feet are locked up. Why? Because I gotta take care of my own self. I don't care what happens to you, I've gotta cover myself. And somebody's here and feels like they're a cage because somebody else has covered, their, covered themselves at your expense. And it has had you in knots. I'm here to tell you, God wants to set you free today. Your situation isn't limited because they threw you under the bus. It's not. There's another way out. There's another way out, I promise you. And the jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. How many times have you and I overreacted because we thought something? This guy was going to unnecessarily end his life. Why? Because the shame of not following through on his orders, they were going to take his life anyways. At least there was honor if he took it himself. In the broken Roman culture, there is no honor in doing it to yourself. There's not. But in the broken Roman culture, there was. And he's just like, I'm just going to end this. I'm going to give myself my own punishment. And he over-responded to misinformation. Folks, we put ourselves in cages by over-responding to misinformation. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And the jailer called for lights and he rushed in and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and he asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And we're reading the Bible and we're believers and we think this is, how do I make Jesus Lord of my life? 
No, this guy is afraid for his life. He almost took his own life. All the doors are open. Everybody can run away. He sees no future for himself. His question is about self-preservation right there with his job, with his commanders. How can I be saved? He was asking a practical question about that, not a spiritual one. But Paul knew this truth. Every life-altering place in your life, whether it seems practical or not, it's always spiritual. The answer is always spiritual. You come up to a big fork in the road. You come up to a big decision. You have to understand the answer is spiritual. It may seem like, am I going to take this job or this job? I'm telling you the answer is spiritual and you need to be led. Why? Because you're not an employee. You're a child of God with a mission. You have a mission field. God has a place for you to serve. It's not says what can put the most money in my pocket. It's what can make the most kingdom impact. Everything you do as a believer, God wants to speak into that. And Paul understood and he didn't answer him. Oh, well, you just explain this to your commander. No, he pointed him to Jesus. He pointed him to Jesus. And they, Paul and Silas replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your whole household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. This ended up, they thought it was a day of destruction. It ended up being a day of salvation. Our worship team is going to come right now because we saved the last song for this moment where we are going to recognize and we are going to worship together, not just to be able to get our minds focused and put the things aside. And and that's great when worship is that, but we're going to step into a place of worship where we're going to choose to elevate our God bigger than our cage. We're going to begin to sing and we're going to begin to declare that, that we are more free in him than anything else can try to cage us. Because the truth is, is whatever you magnify will become your focus. David writes in Psalm 69, but I am afflicted and in pain. It was his truth. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. I'm gonna make my God bigger. I'm in pain and I'm afflicted, but I'm gonna make my God bigger than that. Uh, That's what I'm gonna sing. That's what I'm gonna talk about. Luke chapter four. There's another place. There's another place of being trapped. It's not just pain and affliction. Sometimes it's the promise of promotion that can become our, our cage. In verse five, it says that the devil led him up onto a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all the authority and splendor that has been given to me. And I will give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He was being offered everything he was destined to get anyways, but to shortcut it and to try to do it a different way. Thank you for listening to this message from Celebration Church. You can keep up with all that God is doing here at Celebration by following us on Facebook and Instagram.